Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition to the Point Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Here on a Tuesday, <clears throat> following tough loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, we are going to talk about some Breaking Bad, but you know, my partner Seamus wearing the Austin Matthews jersey today um, in solidarity of, I don't know, we'll, we'll, but let's start off. How are you feeling today and why the Matthews jersey following a pretty abysmal series from uh, 34? Oh, I I want to start off by saying I didn't I didn't believe in a curse I, before today I was like you know what there's, there's no curse it's just bad luck you know mm-hmm. you keep telling yourself bad luck bad luck bad luck but after last night I crawled in the bed and I said it's a curse it, there's a game seven curse and there's clearly a curse of Toronto making it into a another round that doesn't start with numero numero yeah. so uh, that's that's my reasoning I told myself before I got in this pod I knew all week. Uh, leading up to, I guess, Saturday night when they blew that one, I said, you know what? Win or lose Tuesday when I hop on the pod, I'm, I'm putting the jersey on. Mm-hmm. I got to show my true colors. That way I can't, you know, if I, if I didn't wear it and they lost, you know, I'm not a coward, but I got to keep it on. You know, Matthews, it's, it's between Matthews and Marner, those are the only two jerseys I own. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Matthews, uh, Marner just put too many pucks over the boards for me to put on his jersey for today. So I, I decided to go with the ladder. Um, Right. A tough, tough loss. Uh, I know you've probably talked about it lots on your pod, but what, what are your thoughts on the seat? Like just a, a, an absolute choke job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Choke. I mean, Carey Price, I mean, off the, off yeah. the top, oh, just sure. a phenomenal series from him. But I look at game five where you, you step on a team's throat and the first 10 minutes they were just dead and they let Armia score twice. They let Corey Perry win some puck battles off them. And it, it just set a bad tone. And in the first 40 minutes of game six, they got to play too. So I obviously I, it comes down to this year. It's, you know, Bill Nylander can't be the, the scapegoat anymore. Uh, he played fantastic. He had eight points in seven games. Mm. It's on Marner and Matthews. You know, you make all that money. The money you make is irrelevant if you win. But right now people can use that argument against them because, they just didn't show up when you needed the most. And, you know, Carey Price, the $10.5 million goaltender, uh, certainly did. He earned every cent of that yeah. $10.5 million. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's what people should really focus on. As much as Matthews and Marners couldn't get it done, Montreal did exactly what they needed to to basically win that series. And that was mm-hmm. give Toronto no space. Those last three games were, you know, they were battles, but for the right reasons for Montreal. They finished every hit. You know, their defense were, they, they weren't perfect, but they, they did enough off uh, defensively to keep everyone uncomfortable on Toronto's side. Yeah. And more importantly, if all else fails, you got, you know, playoff price back there, absolutely robbing and, you know, shut it, shutting down uh, some of the best offense in, in this division. So, no, I mean, it's kudos to them. I'll, I've heard, uh, I've heard a lot. I've got lots of texts today from Habs fans, but uh, at the end of the day, I'll still be blue no matter what. And uh, no, it's right. It's shitty, but in uh, speaking from a fan's perspective, it's frustrating and disappointing. I'm sure, yeah. But um, uh, it's it's you know you get used to it, I guess, especially after last year. Right. Yeah. You know, playoff price and playoff Cockney You know, his Perry Cockney <laughs> Junior the third. Uh, I just hate that fast. <laughs> three goals. I. I he, I hate his stash because it looks like he's four, but um, I like the hat and the, the, the get up after game six. I think he looked good. Uh, you it know. was actually a pretty good look. Yeah, it was a pretty good look. But I, I still hate him. I hate yeah. his guts. He's very cockney junior the third uh, with the game <laughs> six overtime winner. Uh, but tonight we're going to get our mind off Toronto. Uh, we're going to talk about episodes four and episodes five of season two of Breaking Bad. Um. I would call these uh, building episodes. Uh, they weren't necessarily, you know, packed with entertainment like uh, the Tuco episode or the one following. But we do see a lot of um, family dynamics, um, some some uh, character development for sure, and uh, some building towards uh, what season two is all about, really. Yeah, exactly. And the difference between, you know, this season and last, obviously, is the, the amount of episodes and the stretch it goes through. And when you have that, I feel like you have to take a dip in the excitement and, you know, yeah. get more of these building blocks towards, towards um, obviously a great season finale. And, you know, I'd say a great even middle of the season as well, but 
Mm-hmm. Where don't you find where the season started off with such a bang with everything going on with Tuco and them, you know, out, out at this warehouse and stuff that it was just it was just a matter of means before it kind of took a little dip, I guess, in the action and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you when you kill off Tuco, there's no um, antagonist right away. You know, there's no person that's really coming to get them. Um, even Hank mentions that there's you know little to no crystal on the street because they're not cooking anymore. So you know, you can't just, you know, throw in a new villain uh, or, uh, you know, someone going against their ultimate goal right away. It needs to come organically. And I credit, you know, the, uh, the Breaking Bad writing crew for doing that. And, and also you need to see what Walter's going to do after he leaves the hospital. You know, he can't just, he can't just walk back in the house and everything's hunky dory. And we clearly see that in uh, episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Both Walter and Jesse, um, yeah. keeping it very low key because um you know for for one the dea is obviously all over jesse his car was found at the shooting and walter you know his family is definitely keeping an eye on him where he's just kind of had this term well to them they've he's just had this traumatic breakdown and they kind of see him view him a little differently than they have before that right and starting episode four it's um it's a flash forward if you will um we'll see what happens later in the season but we see again, it's Walter's pool and there's this uh, pink teddy bear floating. And this time we see a man in a hazmat suit uh, pulling the bear out with the, uh, uh, with the, uh, the, the thing for the pool. I forget what that's called, but anyway, uh, super. Yeah, there you go. Pulling that out of the pool. And we see a bunch of evidence bags on the uh, platform just next to the pool and we don't really know what's going on, but we clearly know something's gone down at the, uh, at the white residence. Yeah, for sure. And the first thing you think of is, you know, maybe there was a bus at the home, maybe something dramatically ha- happened at the home. You don't really know though. Obviously you keep getting these flash forwards where they're giving you bits and pieces, but they're not giving you the whole aspect. So it, it does let your mind wander a little bit, which I do enjoy. Yeah, me too. Um, I remember watching, for the first time thinking, what the hell is going on here? Uh, it was so, it was so confusing. And I was, but um, looking at it now, I really can appreciate it more. Cause it's just, you know, you're like, okay, what's, what's going to happen? Clearly something's happening, but you, it makes your mind wander and really ponder it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we pivot to Jesse and Walt. They meet at a uh, convenience store. Cause like you said, they're keeping a, a low profile. They're in opposite aisles. Walter's looking at magazines and gum and he's like, oh, that's too expensive. Uh, And and it's kind of, you know, they say no cooking until things settle down with uh, the family. And Jesse's like, like, bitch, I got no money. Like they got my rainy day fund. And Walter gives him 600 bucks. And Jesse's not, not very happy because he lost everything and he thinks you know he deserves half of what Walter has got in his in his vent right now yeah and I mean at looking back at it I I thought to myself well Jesse doesn't deserve this money but it was Walter to kind of told Jesse well you have to get out of town right and I mean then triggering Jesse to grab all 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 but what cash he had and to to try and leave before being stopped by Tuco so yeah but and at the same time when you're in a partnership well, you do kind of have to have your partner out a little bit, or it's going to leave a salty taste in their mouth, obviously. Like, I'm sure if Jesse were to end up with nothing, well, then he's like, well, fuck you. Like, what, why why am I helping you out if you're not going to do anything for me in a time of need? Right. And, you know, Jesse had to go to the DEA. He has car seized. Like, he's been through a lot. So I think mm-hmm. he, he deserves more than $600. That's for yeah. sure. But what Walter's on moving, he's not, you know, he's like, just be happy you get that. And so we see the next day, Walter, he's really, he's pressing. He's like on the full court press, like you're a Celtics defense tonight. Uh, he's making the family breakfast, pancakes, eggs, you know, a bunch of juice. And he's, he's trying to get back in their good graces clearly. And we see from the get go, Walter Jr. is even a bit skittish about it. He's not fully convinced, but Skylar's sitting at the table completely just, knowing that Walter is acting uh, fake here. Yeah, she's not buying it whatsoever. And um, for those, you know, maybe lost last week, uh, Walter, of course, had this fake dramatic breakdown. He went nude in the grocery store. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, then you spent a lot of time at the hospital, obviously they tried with psychiatric help and stuff like stuff like that. So yeah, you're right. He's trying to get in their good books, but you know, it's almost like he's trying a little too hard and mm-hmm. it's coming off fake, especially to Skylar who knows him probably better than anybody. And, you know, I, I think she's starting to get the sense that's, that something's up and this, I, I even started to, when I watched it for the second time, Chuggy, I thought she probably has an idea that maybe this was on some kind of plan mm-hmm. and that what happened in the grocery store was not what it seemed. Right. Because when you hear a doctor say we can't find anything. Yeah. That's hard to believe. You know, it's hard to say, okay, you found nothing and you know, Walter, Walter was just sick or something. Um, so I completely agree. I think she's calling BS on that whole thing. And so she's, she's, uh, we see Walter Jr. go to school and then it's this long diatribe of Walter saying, you know, uh, I found this, I found this thing where you could find out how to get your book published. And she's going, yeah, maybe we could do that, whatever. And then he goes, Oh, about my the second cell phone thing. Yeah. I think it was actually my watch alarm that you heard. Cause it's got the same setting as the, as the phone and he's going on and on and on. And it's just, it's so clearly a lie. Like it's just, he, he won't shut up. You know, I mean, we both know we both lie in our lives. A lot of times you just keep talking and then eventually you're, the person's like, okay, cut the shit. Like, I know you're lying here. Uh, and he's just talking in circles, talking in circles. And eventually she's just sitting at the table, walks away and slams the bedroom door because she knows he's full of she it. She leaves. No, she leaves oh, the house. Man, that was later. I'm thinking, oh, right. She just leaves the house without telling him, which yeah. is what Walter has been doing for you know, the past number of weeks. Yeah. So, and it's kind of a taste to his own medicine throughout the episode. Skylar just leaves for a few hours and just doesn't, doesn't come back and doesn't say where she's going. She's, she kind of repeats herself. She's, you know, Walter says, Oh, where are you going? Why can you just tell me? And he says, I'm just going out. And you know, it's this, it's this repetitive nature, but it is giving him a little taste of his own medicine because all those times that he, you know, that he was leaving to cook or leaving to see Jesse. Well, you know, obviously she wasn't, he wasn't telling her where she was going or he was, where, he wasn't telling her where she, he was going. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, this scene's so funny and I forgot all about it. Cause you're right. He's just rambling, lying and lying. And all of a sudden the, the door slams and it's like, she's just gone. He just looks around like Skylar yeah. <laughs> and, but, but she's nowhere to be found. Yeah. She, so she leaves the house. We see a few more interactions uh, where she, like you said, just one word answers. Oh, that's yeah. nice out okay and he's getting fed up mm-hmm. but you know this episode is titled down because it's really a bad episode for both of our main protagonists yep. we pivot to jesse he's at a law office he's sitting in, in a in a boardroom so to speak and he's just kind of banging on the table playing the drums like he likes to do um and he opens the door a uh, lawyer comes in with his parents and he's told that his parents are kicking him out of his aunt's house. Uh, he's like, uh, it's my house. I earned it. They're like, no, we actually, we actually own it. Uh, and we're kicking you out because, and the main reason his mom, after Hank came over and talked to her about Jesse being MIA found his cook site in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. This was a shocker. And it was a shock to him too. He's like, you guys have an extra key. And yeah, I mean, get, get your head around it, Jesse. Like, Oh, god but yeah so as soon as they see that you're right they they get the lawyer to basically do all the, the talking for them but it's it comes out the same we want you out of the house yeah um, and they you know and to to jesse he's you know the next scene pivots to him sleeping he's just sleeping in the house and mm-hmm. his mom's kind of like jesse jesse and you know he wakes up he's like oh and i love this love this part he goes uh, oh i'm sorry i just you know i've just been really busy and he's there sleeping in the middle of the day. And his mom's like, yeah, I'm sorry, Jesse, but you know, they are actually moving up. So uh, he didn't really believe them at first. Oh, I think they thought it was, a, yeah, he thought it was a warning shot when really it was the kill shot. And, yeah. you know, the movers already there moving everything out, trying to get, get stuff out as quick as possible. And, you know, J- Jesse's had it and, you know, him and his mom get into a pretty heated argument saying you're yeah. wasting your life. You know, it was, it was uh, it wasn't easy to see, to be honest. But you know, at the end of it, you know, 
unfortunately he, he pulls out his famous line and calls his mama the bi the b-i-t-c-h yeah yeah it you're right it's an uncomfortable scene because he's she's like you know we'll talk about getting your stuff back when you turn your life around and he goes well this should help bitch and and you know he he's in such a bad state he spent the 600 bucks that walter gave him all on drugs and walter calls him on it right away no he's like you spent all of it on drugs didn't you he goes no and he goes, i know you no and he's still he's trying to lie but he's got basically a, a milk crate full of stuff to his name he doesn't have a phone anymore because of tuco destroying it and he's got no money so he's literally homeless right now yeah all he has is the bike which yeah we'll see but th- this is it's funny looking back you kind of see the high uh, a super low of jesse in this episode i probably the lowest he might be in throughout the series uh it just keep, keeps kind of spiraling down from here but then you also see him kind of kind of like a little bit of a comeback slash probably one of his highs in yeah. the second episode right or the second episode we'll talk about sorry yeah and so Walt, we, we just see a small scene. This is another one where um, we see Skylar completely rebel against Walter. Walter Jr. started to do the same and it's, he's changed his name to Flynn and, you know, everybody keeps calling him Flynn. His friend Lewis comes to the door and he says, is Flynn here? And Walter's like, who the hell's Flynn? And then his mother, Skylar's like, yeah, I know. He likes to be called Flynn. And Walter is so clearly uncomfortable with it and he he's taking it as a personal shot which to be fair he probably should because Walter Jr. at least in my mind she doesn't want to have the same name as a guy he really doesn't respect all that much right now yeah yeah I, I didn't think about it as much the first time I watched it but the second time around I'm like well it, it probably really hurts especially when you're named after the after the man uh that you're supposed to you know, your father and someone you're supposed to love. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to see. And Walter's clearly upset, even though he tries not to be. He's a terrible liar. He's a terrible actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And, and the way that, of course, Skylar just kind of nudged them off. He's like, yeah, like I, I knew the whole time. Like that's, that's what his name is. So you're definitely seeing a divide between the family of, of, of some sorts. I also love that Lewis made his final appearance. Yeah, Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, love love seeing that guy on the show. Yeah, we we hear his name a lot. It's 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 you're you're right. It's rare that we get to see Lewis, and yeah. uh, he comes to the door and uh, doesn't want to come in for dinner, but he doesn't want to see Flynn. So that's a good little scene for Lewis. Um, we'll get to the fight between uh, Jesse and Scott. Uh, sorry, Walter and Skylar later. But this is so we see Jesse starts to go to friends, and he goes to his former bandmate, and he's the playing a rift and he's got this guy's got a young son and then he's thinking yeah i'll stay here a couple of days his wife comes in gets a look at jesse within five seconds and it's like it's this it's this line where you want the person to leave and you just but yeah can i speak to you in the other room you know if you have a he knows if you have a woman in your life he knows right away yeah um, he's just yeah of course and he's just like oh. <laughs> and he's like talking to the kid i hate carrots too and then the guy comes out and he goes, in-laws, they're coming to town. Like I completely forgot. And yeah. Jesse, to his, to his credit, he takes it on the chin. He goes, yeah, I feel bad for you, man. Fucking in-laws. Like, and, but he knows the wife is like, yeah, I'm not having this guy in the house. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's this kind of scene where we see how desperate Jesse's got. He probably hasn't talked to this guy in, in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also kind of see like the, the divide and where, you know, someone he was maybe close to earlier in life you know he's successful now wife kids nice house and you know jesse who obviously is going from town to town lies basically saying that you know all my place is just being rent out like i I just need a place to stay for a little while Mm -hmm. but yeah we see this this basically through the rest of the episode he's trying to find somewhere to stay and people just kind of keep saying no like like and he even goes to the point where like can i well can i just bum one night one night stay yeah. And even then you can't get that. So it's, it's, it's a rough, rough look. And, uh, you know, you got to feel for a guy like that. Who's basically, he's homeless, like you said, and he can't even get one person to help him out. Yeah. And he makes a call on the, he's on this little bike and he calls on a payphone, turns around the corner, the bike stolen and his, and his clothes are gone. 
uh, and it just shows him spiraling. And uh, so what does he do? He go, I didn't even think of this, uh, but he, we remember from a few episodes back when they were moving all their, their cook equipment, they put it in the RV, but the RV wasn't working. So they had to hire, uh, you know, a man to come tow it and keep it for them. He was Badger's cousin and he didn't get to pay the guy yet, but he goes to his, you know, junkyard, so to speak. And he sees the RV, but there's chain fence, barbed wire. So Jesse decides to climb it and he gets over, but he puts his feet on top of a porta potty. And what, what happens, of course, he breaks through the top of the porta potty and then is immediately covered in that disgusting blue porta potty dye. And it was just, it was just really gross, uh, you know, to see Jesse all dosed in, in blue. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the the low of the low you'll get. He's he's covered in dye. He walks basically into the RV, and you know moves a couple boxes over and you know lays his ass down on a box. And you know I don't know whether it's the RV smell or the the, the you know the blue dye smell from from uh, the porter potty, but he puts a mask on and he basically just lays there and cries because you know he's he's like what like like this is my life. Yeah, it's really, it shows Jesse is most pathetic we've ever seen him. He just yeah. snobs and he's so, you know, he's really just, like you said, covered in blue, laying on a piece of cardboard. He's really, really pathetic. And it, it's tough, it's tough to see him because he's broke, he's homeless, and he's got nobody to help him. His parents, Walter, nobody, nobody's going to give him a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's even a, um, while they're moving him out, they give him a call. Like he gave Walter a call mm -hmm. and he basically saying like, listen, like, like I need the money now. Like I, I'm, I, I've got nothing. I'm getting booted out of my house. Like help me out. And yeah. kind of Walter's Walter was in an argument with Skyler and obviously kind of, you know, he's already heated. So he's not really going to take any of Jesse's shit. So he just kind of basically hung, hangs up the phone on Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. So Moving back to the White House, Skylar, she's continuing to leave the house every day. Doesn't tell Walter we're giving him a taste of his own medicine. And so I think to kind of try to gain some favor back, he decides to take Flynn driving. But he that goes terrible for him because Walter Jr. uses both feet when he's driving. And he ends up hitting a cone and they, they fight. And he doesn't do himself any favors in getting back in his son's good graces. No, no, just kind of pisses him off more, you know. Um, and for, for someone in that condition, maybe it's it's easier to use both feet, which is what Flynn wants to do. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna call him Flynn throughout the rest of the episode because I like that. Um, but Walter's like, no, you you know, what are you gonna do? You you can either do the easy way or you can do it the right way. Yeah, and you know, I think I think this goes to show like you know, just what Walter's doing, you know, he's not that he's taking an easy way out, but instead of, you know, doing something right, which is not cooking meth and maybe trying your best to live and provide for your family in a legal matter, you know, he's, he's kind of taking the easy way where he's just going to cook and make some scrum, like some, some scrummy money on the side, basically. Right. And so we get to this point where Walter uh, Flynn's gone with Lewis and he's home alone with Skylar. And he says, he sits her down and he says, we got to talk. Like, I'm sick of this. Like we got to, we got to just communicate here. And he uh, says, he apologizes for his unplanned absences, his emotional unavailability and that cancer is not an excuse. And Skylar agrees, but she goes, is that it? And Walter's just like, He's so, and he's, and he goes like, what, what do you want me to say? Like that I'm not having an affair. Okay. I'm not having an affair. And she just, she finally snaps and she goes, why don't you just tell me something that's not complete bullshit. And, uh, she, she finally kind of speaks her truth for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the first time she's, she's kind of let loose since he's been at the hospital, uh, on him anyways. And, 
you're right. She's she's just like, you know, I, I know she knows like and as a viewer, we know she has it. She knows about the second cell phone. So yeah. in a sense, like she's waiting for him to fess up about that and whatever else he's got going on. Because I think she knows a little bit more than about this second, just this second cell phone. I think she has a bet like she knows something else sketchy is going on in his life that he's not uh, releasing to her, not disclosing to her. Yeah. And you're right. Like she's, you know, she's not fishing, but she's just kind of waiting for Walter to do the fess up. And, you know, they have this scene where, you know, Walter's looking right at her and his eyes basically say like, yes, I'm up to something mm-hmm. and I want to tell you, but he, and he ends up just saying, I Skylar, I'm sorry, but I had no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And she just leaves again. Yeah. Yeah, she she's like, no more of your desperate breakfasts. And like you said, he he just leaves. Uh, and she just leaves and he they, they got no further because they're still so divided. And he he tells her nothing and she's just as pissed off. So there's that he keeps going down and down in the pecking order of the family. Jesse, on the other hand, he's in the RV, but the the Doug, the the tow yard, the uh, junkyard uh, manager, he wakes up, does a couple stretches. He's in, in his lot and he sees the porta potty door open, the top broken and just a, a pool of blue uh, going to the RV. So he grabs a gun. He sees that it's Jesse and Jesse says, I don't got your money, but I'll give you $2,000 in two days. I'm good for it. Just because the Doug did all the work to the RV so he can, he can get, he can do it, but yeah, he's not taking that deal. He says, yeah, get the hell out of my lot. And I'm going to sell all your cook equipment. And so as, as Doug's about to do this, Jesse decides to uh, take, take matters into his own hands. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot all about this, but as soon as he gets booted, Jesse, what does he do? He reclimbs the fence. I think in the same spot, goes gets the rv and runs it right through the the chain link fence and you know he's gone and yeah you know what does he do but he goes to probably the one person he can turn to does not knowing whether he's going to help him or not so yeah he he drives to to waltz and as skylar's leaving his RV's just parked about a foot away from the house yeah not not hidden at all like not down the street like right walter snaps goes to the door and says god you stink and then he says what the hell are you what was your plan if if skylar comes over and sees you what, what was it what was your what was your thought and he uh yeah i didn't think that far ahead uh and this we see walter snap on jesse and he says you're not getting half the money because you're stupid and you're not i i do all the work here I, I, you don't deserve the, the other half of the money. You're too stupid to do anything. That's why you're liced where it is. And Jesse finally snaps and gets the better of Walter. Yeah, it's uh, it's heated. And, you know, this episode kind of, kind of built up to this moment where, you know, Walter probably had a lot of anger built up from the neglect from his family, essentially. And Jesse just from the neglect from everybody, you yeah. know. And so Jesse was done being picked on, essentially. And, you know, they, they get into a tussle and finally Jesse's just kind of on top of him, hands around his neck and he's squeezing pretty hard. Like, yeah. but, and, you know, he goes, he, he kind of reaches up for a, a, a big hit on Walter and to, to Jesse's credit, he kind of just spares him knowing like, that's prob- probably not the right move. Yeah, no, exactly. So Walt, Walt's getting choked out. He's having a hard time breathing we see that scene. They go, they go into the house. Walt walks in first. He goes, just try not to touch anything. Cause Jesse's still all covered in blue. Yeah. And Walter goes and gets him a bag of cash. We don't really know how much it is, but we know it's, it's a, it's a good amount about of money. Half. Yeah. Probably half the money. Cause he, he earned it in a sense there. He stood up to Walter. Mm-hmm. He got the better of him physically and he, he, he earned that money. So, and it's funny because the scene ends with Walter saying, want some breakfast? Yeah, after this big, almost blowout they had. And, well, basically, Jesse could have killed him, essentially, yeah. and kind of yeah. let some spare, spares him. So, yeah, no, and, and, you know, it pivots from this. Um, 
I, I think is that, that that I think that's the end of the episode. Uh, or did we the last that? scene is um, Skylar's at the same convenience store that Jesse and Walter yeah. were at the beginning, and she buys a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And as she's about to light it, we see a woman in, in another car roll her eyes because she knows that she's pregnant, and Skylar still lights up the cig. Yeah, I, I remember how mad were you the first time you watched this, seeing this, this seeing this. So scene. so pissed. Like uh, it, I was, yeah. No, I I was the same. I just remember watching this and like, not that I loved Skylar to begin with, but I, I, all my hatred was just like, just focused towards her at that one time. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was like you know Walter's clearly being uh, selfish as a partner, but this was just selfish to her baby you know, that's not born yet. And she decides to smoke cigarettes while pregnant. I mean, that's not a joke that can cause permanent damage. And she's, she's an older woman to be having a baby anyway. I think we, you've heard she's close to four, she's 39, I believe. Like there could be a lot of problems just naturally being a, a woman of that age, having a baby. Yeah. So this, this was, yeah, I, I was furious. And I remember my mother watching it with me and she was just, she, she must've been, out, she must been outright. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 not an easy scene. We know that the stress that she's under, um, because she she kind of let loose at Hank at one episode when Hank yeah. when she kind of disclosed about uh, Marie's you know I wouldn't say addiction but habit to steal things. Yeah. And she kind of let all her problems on the line. And she she's a woman with problems. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. but that's it's no no excuse to do that to do that to someone who you know doesn't have a say in, in something like that. Right? right. Yeah. Who has no control over, you know, the future of their life. It's on you, the mother to protect your child, even when it's inside the womb. So yeah, a tough scene for sure. Um, and that's the end of episode four. That brings us into episode. This is a very different episode. Um, mm. We see a lot of building towards the future of Jesse and Walter's enterprise uh, when it comes to, uh, moving meth in this episode and also Hank and how he's doing psychologically, uh, which is really interesting. But this episode is called breakage and it starts with, we see two, um, Hispanic looking men swimming across a river and it, it looks like they're sneaking into the U S I mean, I've seen, I've seen this scene in many movies. I, I thought of two guns when, um, Denzel and Mark Wahlberg were swimming back from Mexico um so that that's the first thing that came to mind but they're swimming it clearly a long swim and they get to the the side of the a creek and one man stops because he sees something and it's a box with tuco's grill in it and we know that hank had this grill he got it as a gift from the dea for his kill of tuco so we don't know how it got there but we know that Hank clearly does not have it in his possession anymore. Yeah, this is a little, little foreshadow into, into what's going on. And yeah, you're just, you're just wondering what's going on. Did something happen to Hank? Maybe maybe someone took him out while he had this on him. Or, you know, maybe someone stole it from him as, oh. uh, you know, because they knew whose it was. But yeah, it leaves more questions than answers. And it's it's not to give it away, but the, it's, it sums it up basically at the very last scene of the episode. Right. Yeah. It comes full circle. Like, uh, like you said, um, so then we pivot to Walter. He is done his first round of chemotherapy. Um, it's gone pretty well. Uh, there's the they're doctors, like it's cautiously optimistic here. I uh, could come back, but he said he's feeling pretty good, but the biggest problem is when he gets the bill. Uh, and, he goes to this woman at the cash and he says, um, I thought there was like a deal for uh, cash. And she goes, no, no, it's included. Uh, and it, it's a big bill. I mean, chemotherapy is not, especially in the United States when it comes to healthcare down there. Yeah. And, you know, this is only made worse when he gets home and he gets the hospital bill for his time in the hospital for um, doing his fake out. And then plus the chemotherapy, it's over $13,000 plus. So he is completely panicking because he the bills are just starting to pile up on on, on the whites. Yeah. There's one point that in the episode, he's like, yeah, I'm not exactly. I think he was talking money with Jesse. He's basically, I'm not, I'm not doing so well for money right now. My alibi cost me $13,000 stay at the most expensive hospital in Albuquerque. But 
yeah, no, we see it. They have they haven't been cooking for a while, you know, since since basically they got taken by Tuco. Um, they haven't had time to cook. They've been on, you know, you could say scrutiny or you know, this eagle eye of the D, the ego DEA watching them, making sure that uh, at least Jesse's not making any stupid moves because he's on the radar now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, no cooking means no no funds, as we know. And uh, obviously, they don't have a supplier to sell to, so. Yeah. They have to find their own way uh, to to start making ends meet. Yeah, and so in the middle of the night, Walter goes to the vent and he's got the two bills and he's getting the cash, trying to spread it out and get the money to pay for both. And he comes to the realization that he can't afford it. He doesn't have enough money to pay for both. So like, so this is where the panic sets in. And also at this point, he gets sick. He goes and throws up and he's... He's about to flush and he realizes that it's plugged uh, and gets the plunger. And what comes to the surface is a box of cigarettes and a bunch of crushed up, uh, you know, remains of some cigarettes. And he, I think he immediately thinks it's Skylar, but uh, obviously that's, that's a tough, tough thing to talk about with your, with your pregnant pregnant wife. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not good. And yeah, just a bunch of dirt. The first thing I thought of is why, why would you throw these in your toilet? Like, why wouldn't you like throw them like away? Like, like, yeah, like, or just like away, like not in the house, like throw it in some random garbage, but yeah, no, it's, you know, I guess, I guess maybe it's a watching them flush down the toilet maybe is like a kind of a cleanse almost Mm -hmm. like, yeah, getting rid of this. Uh, There's also, I want to bring up, there's also a really dark scene where, you know, he's in, he's in the room after he sees the bills and he kind of grabs the gun and it doesn't really show much after that but it leaves, it kind of pans to him with the gun for just a moment. And it's just a moment too long to think, you know, maybe, maybe things are tough and maybe there's an easier way out. That, right. That's the kind of the, what I got from that, because obviously he's stressed from the bills that he mm-hmm. just had, to, that he couldn't pay essentially. Yeah. And no, you're a good point there. Uh, he, yeah, he, he holds it just for a second too long. It's too, too much thinking. And uh, so he's, he's thinking we got to do something here uh, to, to get this back. Um, Hank, on the other hand, obviously he just killed Tuco. He cracked a big case. He's on top of the world and he gets, he meets with his boss at the DA and he's promoted. He's going to be splitting his time as a kind of liaison between Albuquerque and El Paso, Texas, where there's a lot of gang activity, a lot of action down there. And it, it is a big promotion, a pay raise and a, a higher title. But, you know, Hank's going to go out for, for lunch with, with Gomi and, and a colleague. And we see he has a panic attack on the elevator, really. I, I kind of wrote down PTSD, Shay, but he just shakes. And he clearly something is not right with him because he's, he's, not, he's not all there. He's not the Hank that he was in the first couple episodes. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, the the first pan of him to this on this episode is him staring at Tuco's uh, mouth, which you know kind of foreshadows what happens at the end of the episode. But yeah, he's 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 looking at it. Clearly, it's been bothering him. Yeah. Um, you could tell maybe not by dialogue, but you can just tell by the way he acts. And you're right, a little bit of anxiety in the in in um, in the elevator, probably thinking about this new job and you know the risk that that puts him. He just you know even in his, I would say home turf, but his, where he does work normally, he was, he was somewhat in danger. Now he's going to a much dangerous spot. So you could definitely see it's dwelling on him. And as soon as he gets out of the elevator though, he's, you know, deep breath and he's back to Hank. So he's obviously struggling with this, but he's also not telling anybody. And he's very much, you know, keeping it hidden. Right. And you know, the next day he calls in sick and Marie calls him on it and he's just brewing his Schrader brew, uh, you know, making his, his Cole McDonald, uh, Memorial beer. <laughs> so uh, I thought of too. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, but you know, Hank's a man's man, like you said, and he, he's not a guy that's going to talk about emotions and even with himself, I don't even think he really allows himself to think about it in his own mind. He doesn't process it. Yeah. So he, he's in, he's kind of in a bad state here, but he, so that's what's going on with him. Jesse, as we just talked about, got a large amount of money from Walter. So he returns to the tow yard and Doug's like, you got some balls showing up here. He's about ready to kill him. But he, he sets up a deal. He pays on the money he owed plus 
to fix the fence. And he says, uh, how about how much to, uh, to keep the RV in here, uh, you know, for the time being. And Doug's like, no, 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 you're not keeping it here. Like, Give me a million bucks, whatever. But he goes, no, like, let's figure something out. So Doug says $500 a week, no privileges. But Jesse says, no, no, no. I want privileges. I want gate privileges. I want to come and go as I please. And so they decide to, to set up a deal. And then uh, Jesse also makes a, another purchase. Yeah, he's looking at this. Um, what are those? What are those cars? They're like cars slash trucks. What are those called again, Chungi? Do you know? Uh, um, it... Oh man. Anyways, it's off the top of my tongue. But anyways, he's looking at this super nice car, and then it pivots, and they and they go, "What about that?" And the guy just behind me is like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. And and then you know, crew pulls up to a rental property, but Jesse in this. Uh, what what do you know? What kind of car is it? It's, uh, it's I looked it's, it up, and I, it's like a it's a it's a it's an old school volkswagen okay but it, golf. it it's kind of like a golf but they're uglier than golfs which is hard to imagine because they're pretty <laughs> ugly already but yeah this it's this red car that is a clunker you know it, it's he got it for cheap and um but it gets him from point a to point b and it keeps a low profile doesn't make him look like he's got a lot of money so smart move i guess on one hand mm-hmm. so like I said, he pulls up at this rental property and we meet a new character, uh, Jane, played by Kristen Ritter, uh, who uh, was Jessica Jones, I believe that was the show, Shay. Um, so she's the landlord of this property. Her dad owns it, but she kind of manages it. And he, he's talking to her, he likes it, whatever. It's a good spot. But she's like, um, yeah, I need a pay stub. I need to you know, see your employment. And he goes, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, and she's, she's gonna, you know, kick him out, but he kind of makes her feel sorry for him saying, you know, I'm, I'm in a tough time, but I got the money. I'm good for it. And she gives him a break. Uh, she says it can be a hundred more a month. He's like, I'll pay you cash. And then, um, he pays her three months up front, but, uh, he, he ultimately does get the, the place to rent. And, uh, she, she kind of has a little soft spot for him in this moment. Yeah, we see the first time that, uh, at least between the two episodes, we're discussing yeah, him getting a break. You know, someone giving him a break. You know, his friends wouldn't let him stay there. Uh, Walter, for the most part, last episode kind of ignored him and denied him the, the money he was owed or he thought he was owed. So, yeah, this, this you know, this Jane, this new character who doesn't own a thing, uh, no. just met him. He's like, you know what? I, I feel bad for him. And then he pulls off the, the worst move I've ever seen. He goes, so, so what's your name anyways? It's uh, Jesse. Jesse Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, really? Yeah. She's like, she's almost like, are you serious? Like you don't know who Jesse Jackson is. And he, he, he clearly doesn't, which is no, the funny he has, thing. He has no, he has no clue like who this Jesse Jackson person is. And he's, yeah, that's just my name, Jesse Jackson. And, uh, uh, <laughs> really, really funny scene. Um, so he's got a new place to, he's to live and, so him and Walter meet for a cook in the desert and, you know, Walt says, what if you sell at night? I cook during the day. And he goes, yeah, we could do that, but we're going to be making no money. Like you, you were pissed off before we're going to be making less because, you know, I got street cred and the DEA is up my ass. I'm not doing that. Like I'm not going to jail. So they say, well, what, what are we going to do? We're both broke. Like we, we got to figure something out. And Jesse, we see some, some business brilliance from him. He says, what if we become Tuco? What if we're the supplier and the distributor of the product and we control the flow of information? We control everything. And Walter doesn't like it. He goes, no, there's too many risks there. And we see Jesse again. He's starting to get a little more confidence since he kind of beat up Walter. He says, you know what? You don't get a say in this. We, we distributed the division of labor. This is my role. And first of all, you need me way more than I need you, Walt. And yeah, this- <laughs> first time he really didn't call Mr. White and he said it purposefully. Yeah, no, he meant he, he, he said it with his chest out. We'll put it that way. He, and you're right that after this, the, the fight, we'll say in the last episode, he's got confidence and, you know, he's, he's got a little balls and he's like, he's basically 
says like when we started this partnership there was you know there was you're right there was a division of labor you cook i sell and mm -hmm. i can sell however i want to sell yeah so you know and and you know walter kind of backs out he's like you know what if if that's if that's decision then whatever that's that's going to be the decision so what does jesse do but he he has a he has a little just gets his posse together yeah and first it's just uh skinny pete and what's the chubby guy's name i always forget uh god's um uh, combo combo yes combo <laughs> crazy and badger. and badger they show up to his place he's got snacks and drinks and he's like, he basically lays on the line. He's like, this, this is what's going to happen. You know, you guys can do, you guys can smoke whatever in your own time, but yep. he's going to give them an ounce and, and one ounce is going to be 20. Uh, he's going to get back 2000. Yeah. Two th he's going to get back 2000, but they're going to keep 500 for themselves. Yep. And, and they said, he's, he's got all the, he's got all the production and all the produce that they need. So they just can basically go all out if they want to. And this is this is kind of their plan moving forward, and Jesse's gonna run it. Yeah, he's like, you guys are gonna sell, um, and you never bring drugs here. You never bring money here. We're gonna have dead drops every day. I'll tell you where they are, and like you said, if you can sell more, I'll give you more. So we get endless supply, and we uh, it's a it's um it's a interesting interesting scene, and Jesse even establishes more dominance because he tells Badger to reiterate reiterate what he told them and you know he's badger goes yeah it's a it's a really good opportunity man <laughs> exactly let's go and um the three three boys are on board and they're going to be selling selling meth full time yeah I, I kind of forgot about this uh juggy because you know thinking just about how badger is kind of an idiot let's, let's just put it lightly <laughs> yeah you know, I, I didn't think Jesse would go to this, but clearly, you know, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to get some higher command and he's, you know, trying to get some troops, I guess. And he doesn't know maybe a ton of loyal troops, but he thinks these guys will do the trick. Right. He, he has enough of a relationship with them that he trusts them just enough. Everybody yeah. else would be a bit of a wild card. He goes, I trust skinny. Um, combo's always been there and badger. I can control by probably fear. Uh, you know, just if, if he, if he tries to do something, I'll, I'll make him pay for it kind of thing. So he sets up the three and we'll, we'll see what happens later with them. Um, in the meantime, the whites go to the Schraders for a barbecue to congratulate Hank on his promotion. We see Marie, she's really concerned because in El Paso, DEA agents come back over the border with no head. Often they're just, you know, they get to headed over there. It's, it, it's a scary scene with, with the cartel and everything else. And Hank, we can just see he's not, he's not excited. Uh, he's kind of aloof. He's not talking to the family much and he's kind of just avoiding the topic of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's avoiding it altogether. Um, Cause he, I think, and like you said earlier, he's trying to ignore it himself as much as he's trying to ignore that odd, that awkward conversation about mental illness with, you know, Marie as well. Mm. So, you know, obviously, obviously he's a little shook. Um, but it's at this time where Marie follows Skylar into yeah. the uh, kitchen. And, you know, if, if we can recap, Skylar is not happy with Marie. Marie wow. stole the, yeah. uh, stole the crap. Yeah. The, the tiara from, from this place and basically got Skylar into almost a lot of trouble and won't fess up to it. Won't apologize. And, you know, Marie's rambling on and Skylar just kind of, she goes, shush, like, just, just be quiet. Yeah. So yeah, she's like, just shut up. I don't want to hear any more of this stupid crap about you buying uh, purple stuff. Uh, I don't really care. I want an apology and I want a sincere one. And Marie's like, <sighs> you can see she hates to admit that she's wrong. Mm. And Skylar says emotionally, I want my sister back. And Marie says, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. And I am trying to get better. Like I'm, I'm seeing a therapist and I hope that we can rebuild here. And it's, it's a good scene between the two, between the two sisters. Yeah. It's the first time that Marie's kind of, you know, on screen basically said that, you know, she does have a problem and that she's, you know, trying to work towards it before she kind of just talked to Hank about 
Dave, her therapist, yeah. but it was nothing, nothing very serious. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good scene kind of to rebuild because Skylar's kind of at an all time low with her relationship with Walter. And, you know, she's, uh, they, they mentioned in during this episode that she's about two months due. So that's, that's not easy. The, the further you get down the road, that's, that obviously gets harder and harder for, for anyone who's pregnant, but yeah, so we see that. And then, you know, Walter Jr. is kind of pestering Hank outside. He's like, what's it, what, what was it like? Like, mm. it must've been cool. Must, you must've been, you know, nervous. And, you know, Walt, Walter was there and he's, he saw it and he's kind of tells Walter Jr. Like pipe down, like, it's, it's not, it's not something as, you know, as exciting, like a movie it's, you know, it's basically real and, you know, it could basically affect somebody. Right. And Hank's just like, yeah, I gotta go take a piss. And he leaves right away just before he could talk about it. Um, this brings us to an interesting couple scenes. And this is really the action of this episode where we see a montage of Combo Badger and Skinny P selling meth uh, and they're doing it effectively. Uh, they're selling their ounce. We see the dead drops, Jesse getting cash from them and everything's going really smoothly. Uh, there's, you know, the, the blue meth is back on the streets in a, in a big way and it's going great until the last scene of it. We see Skinny P sell to this meth head. She's biggest method she's wendy but worse you know she's covered in bumps all over her face she's clearly just so cracked out and she buys from him and she rounds the corner and she yells cops and she starts running back towards skinny and to his he doesn't know and he's selling you know a, a controlled substance he's going to jail so he follows her they run down this alley into this like uh, storage unit sort of a little bit and as they run in Around the corner is this woman's husband with a switchblade and skinny has to give her all the money. And it was a full ounce of, of meth that, uh, that he had, he hadn't sold much that night and they, they take him for everything that he's worth. Yeah. And you know, this is, you know, this is where we'll get to it, but like, this is where Walter and, you know, doesn't really have a street, the street knowledge that these guys do. And this, these things happen. Um, I think it all ha also happens that it looks like Badger is getting a little roughed up by, by some customers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're bound to lose some, especially when you're not, I guess, occupied for the job by yeah. holding a weapon. So yeah. what happened? You're, selling, uh, you're not selling, uh, you know, uh, bears, you're not, stuff yeah, bears, you know, you're selling meth. Yeah. It's not lemonade, you know, at, at your, in your local suburb, it's, it's meth around your deepest, darker, deepest, deepest darkest alleyways. So what happens, but, you know, Walter, Walter and Jesse meet, Walter's like, nice ride. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesse's like, yeah, I'm trying to keep a, trying to keep it on the DL. And, you know, they, they have a conversation and Jesse gives Walter his half and, you know, Walter's not happy. Yeah. He says, this is 16,000. Uh, from what I cooked, I should be getting $17,000. And Jesse says, yeah, well, skinny got pinched last night and, you know, he's good for it. It was just, it's the price of doing business. And Walter's like, well, no, I mean, I don't know anything about the street. You've made that perfectly clear, but um, what if somebody keeps doing this and they know, you know what? I can steal from Jesse Pinkman. And what if people start doing it more frequently? And then there's a breakage. And he says, once, once somebody knows you can be robbed, they're going to, it's open season and they'll just continue to do it, continue to do it. And it gets to the end of the conversation where he implies that you need to send a message that this is not going to be tolerated. This is not going to happen to me. And they kind of leave without having that discussion, but it, Walter's implying that Jesse needs to do something here. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to stand his ground essentially. Um, and it's like I said, Walter, even though he doesn't have, maybe street knowledge he does make a valid point and essentially you can't be robbed by just anybody or it'll continue to happen and that's that's a, that's a given no matter where um but after this scene we i, I believe we see the scene with walter confronting skylar about uh, a topic that was probably very heated throughout this episode the end of last episode and all this episode through through viewers for the first time yeah so he gets home from meeting with jesse he's already a little bit ticked and he just sits down with Skylar at the table and he says, you know, 
just a second here. Just making sure. Oh, yeah. Let me chew my cord um, because that's happened three times so far. But sorry to the podcast listeners, but just going to make sure she's okay. Um, he sits down with her and he throws the, the box on the table, kind of with cavalier, a little bit cocky. And he says, um, so do you have an explanation for this? You're going to give me one? And she's like, well, I only smoked three and a half. And Skylar, that's, that's so unsafe. That's so unlike you. And she goes, how would you know? And it's, she throws it right back in his face and he's seen like the bad guy again, because he doesn't know his own wife, but she kind of used that line to get out of her, you know, deadly sin, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great, that's a great way of putting it too, because you know, she's taking all the attention off her basically saying, well, you know, you, you know, you don't know anything going on with my life because I don't know anything going on with your own. Yeah. And you know, what, 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 you know, what, what am I supposed to be the bad guy now? Because I smoked three cigarettes, which obviously anyone, everyone's like, yes, yeah, yeah, you are the bad guy. But at the same time, she, she does have a point. Like Walt, Walter has got some things that he's, you know, he's pasteurizing her about this one little thing, but you know, it's, it seems like she's been trying prying at this issue of the second cell phone and whatever else he's got going on for a while. And she hasn't been able to pull anything out yet. So I think they leave still kind of heated. Um, I believe, I believe, right. I think they're, I yeah, think- they, they, she basically says that and kind of walks away again and yeah. nothing is resolved, but he, he's feels like a piece of shit again because he, He's doing the right thing, so to speak, you know, telling his wife, what the hell are you doing? We have a baby in two months and she's just like, fuck you. You don't, yeah. you don't, you know, you're not around. You have no right to say this to me. And they're still so far apart when it comes to being a close knit unit of a family and, you know, as a husband and wife. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we've lost a couple of scenes of this episode. We see Hank he hears explosions in the house. So he pulls out his gun, gets the flashlight. He's moving throughout the house. He gets to the garage and what's the big explosion, but his beer they're exploding. All his brews are, the tops are, are popping off them. All the lids are, are popping off and clearly he's put them on too tight or he's done something wrong. And, uh, you know, it was, it had nothing to do with, um, with, with uh, anybody, an intruder coming into the home. Yeah, I mean, he even at one point even kind of points the gun at Marie, who enters through another door. Um, but it, it just kind of shows that he's on edge. Yeah. You know, he's he's clearly he's clearly maybe not on himself, or maybe he's dealing with a lot of anxiety at the time because he kind of gets up and he's in attack mode right away, and without even really thinking. Obviously, you know, what if someone's going to randomly fire a bunch of gunshots in their house? Like, no. But you know, his his mind's not at ease. Clearly, this gunfight with Tuco and maybe where he's headed next yeah. is is kind of scaring him a little bit because you know let's be honest he's 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 got a dark road ahead of him unfortunately yeah it's it's not a it's not an easy transition for old Hank Schrader but um to kind of I think to kind of get rid of this feeling he he goes and uh, he throws away the grill he goes to the to the beach he throws it into the lake and he kind of cleanses himself of that chapter of his life. And it was kind of cathartic in a way for him just to, to get that out of the way. And um, so we, we see that be- from the beginning of the episode kind of come to fruition. Yeah. Um, and to, to end the episode, Walt drives to Jesse's, you know, Walt gets pissed off when Jesse's at his house, but he does it. And Jesse's like looking through the mirror, like what the hell are you doing? Let's him in. And he kind of says, no, I didn't clarify enough when I saw you last, but I want you to take, he goes, when I say, I want you to take care of it. He puts the gun on the table that Jesse had what he bought in his fear of Tuco. And he says, I want you to handle it. And the episode ends uh, with, with that little, uh, with, with Walter implying that uh, he needs to take out the, the methods that stole stole from them yeah and we're starting to see this this crime crime boss slash you know drug lord mm-hmm. kind of start to shape form aren't we juggy because like mm-hmm. here he is calling out hits on people who've stolen from him because he feels he's being shorted of his cash i you know if he wasn't being shorted of the money that was that was supposed to be given to him i don't think it would be a problem 
No. But because because it is, you know, he's he's feeling like he's being threatened and he feels like he needs to take action on this. Yeah, definitely he's the Heisenberg alter ego is, is coming out and yeah, more and more. You know, two two meth heads that are, you know, have no power, they're just hooked on on methamphetamine stole from him. You can't let two lower level people steal from you. It's one thing if Tuco scares you. This person is a nobody. You cannot let a street thug take from you. And he clearly thinks Jesse's the man to uh, go eliminate that potential threat. Yeah, that's not the only time he does it throughout the series, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but we'll get to that much later. <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah. Next episode's a really, really good one. I yeah. like the next episode a lot. Um, it's it's interesting for sure. And uh, it's one I always look forward to because you get to meet these two crazy characters. Um, they're only in for one episode really, but they are both colorful uh, in their own way. And uh, you also get to see Jesse um, interact uh, differently than we have the whole, the whole series. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's exciting one coming up. So, so keep posted and uh, you know, tune in next week because I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. It, it's one of the most memorable episodes for me from the show. Uh, just with, with those two and Jesse and their interactions are just, just funny. And so, yeah, tune in next Tuesday. We'll break down the next two episodes of the show. Um, so Shay with your mate police, unfortunately falling out. Do you, what do you do now? Do you root for a team? Do you just watch the games? Where, thought, where do you lie on that? Yeah. I thought you might be asking me this. So I kind of thought it, I gave it a little bit of thought today. I'm not big on, so the team's remaining, obviously there's four series left. I'm not big on back-to-back winners. So I, not that I'm rooting for Tampa, uh, rooting against Tampa, but I would prefer them not to win. Yeah. Um, I take, I, I'm loving Colorado right now, just the way they're looking. And obviously it's easy, easy bandwagon to hop on. But I kind of said from a while ago, at least halfway through the season, I thought they'd be, they'd be there at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Carolina as well. So, you know, being kind of rooting toward, rooting against Tampa I hope Carolina kind of kind of pulls through these next um you know six five six games whatever they need to do to beat Tampa um because of my good friend Brent Lawson I'll never ever cheer for Boston uh you you hear here first and that that amongst other things um (laughs) and uh so yeah so I guess in in a way I'm not I'm not a big Islanders fan but I'll be going for them and uh Winnipeg as well uh uh, I'll do anything to, to eliminate uh the old MTL so and it's obviously good to cheer for a Canadian team. So if Winnipeg, you know, they will make they will make it to a conference final, hopefully. I hope they can, you know, get past whoever they have to play in the third round. It'd be Colorado. It would be Colorado. So going against myself. So and, and either way, it would be it would be it would be fine to see one of those teams go to uh, go to a uh, Stanley Cup final because I don't think either have and well, Winnipeg is never and Col- Colorado hasn't since since two thousand one, right? Yeah, it's been it's been a while for for Colorado uh, from Sackick and Milan Hayduk and Peter Forsberg and you know, that elite group. Um, when it comes to the NBA, your Celtics play tonight in a little over half an hour. They're on the uh, brink of elimination. Yeah, are they going? Are they done tonight? I'd like to hope not, but <laughs> when the big when the big three gets going, I watched a lot of that last. Uh, their last game and yeah, when when their big three gets going it's it there's there's no stop them Kyrie he hates the Celtics you know that the whole the whole thing with him stepping on the logo and the fan throwing stuff at him it's it's clearly a, a hatred between the, the the fans and the franchise and himself mm-hmm. but you know I, I I'm gonna go for them because it's tough to see two two teams that I love go out back-to-back nights. I don't think that's ever happened to me before. Um, but no, I'll, I'll be going with them. What's your prediction if you if you had to give a score right now? What do you what do you think's gonna happen? Um, no Kemba again, no Robert Williams. So yeah. uh, I'll go uh, 130 to 110 Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, you are probably giving them more than they deserve. But yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. Well yeah, no. Brooklyn plays no defense. No, no, and that's the thing. When if if they're guys like Tatum and you know they can have a little bit of bench scoring, they're they're usually fine. But no Brown, no Kemba, no Williams. It's it's all but wrapped up, I think. And uh, 
yeah. Brooklyn's just looking to put it put a nice little bow on it. But at the same time, I hope I hope they go deep too because you know whenever your team gets beaten by a team, obviously you're rooting for them to to go a little further. Right. No. Uh, yeah, hey, and Milwaukee. Hey, we talked we talked about in our last po- basketball podcast, Milwaukee. They kind of exercised their demons, mm-hmm. you know, pulling the brooms out to Miami. So I'm kind of rooting for them now too a little bit. If they, if my Boston Celtics do get wrapped tonight, um, I think Milwaukee. I want them. I want them to see them go deep because uh, mm-hmm. obviously the last few years they played really well in the regular season and it just hasn't transitioned. Yeah, that'll be a great series for sure. Uh, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. That, that that'll be a hell of a series and. Some interesting stuff out west where you got a lot of two-two series and LeBron's yeah. been a huge game tonight. See if he can step up without Anthony Davis. He's just been pedestrian so far in the playoffs. Um, the big penguin hasn't been all that great. Uh what's, we'll your, what's been your favorite series so far out of all of them? Uh the Jazz and Memphis has been really good. Uh yeah. that, if I had to pick one. I'd probably go Jazz and, and Grizzlies, to be honest. Um, every game is competitive. Yeah. Uh, John Morant and Dylan Brooks are playing their heart out. I think they're really becoming stars on the big stage here. And, uh, you know, the Jazz are, are, are winning to their credit. Donovan Mitchell last night, 12 for 13 from the free throw line. Um, and you got guys like Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic who are shooting like six. It's embarrassing. It's it's all it's so embarrassing. Uh, like I watched Ben's. I watched when I wasn't watching the Leafs last night. I would flick on the the Wizards and 76ers, and I'm yeah. like, how are you in the NBA and supposed to be this elite player if you can't knock down simple free throws when you're not even tired? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's. It's quite the scene that, you know, it's like missing an empty net for me in hockey, a free throw. Like you should be good at them. Like it's, there's no excuse. I don't care if you're seven feet, make, make your free throws. Yeah. But yeah, some good NBA action tonight. Uh, we got uh, hurricanes lightning in just under an hour in game uh, two. So lots happening. Um, and uh, Shay, what, what do you got on the go the rest of the week? I'm going to take it pretty simple. Watch, watch a little sports and uh, probably, probably try and, catch up on some other shows that you know that I haven't because I've been kind of vested in the the Leafs MTL series for what feels like a decade now um but no yeah any any good movies you got recommendations or any anything you're watching just out of the blue lately I watched uh for the second time I watched Us uh that Jordan Peele movie oh oh, yeah I I haven't seen that yet it's supposed to be pretty creepy eh it's interesting yeah um I, I I'd give it a watch um, okay. I also uh, recently rewatched Tenant. Uh, that was just as just as so hard to follow the second time, but I, I I enjoy the movie. Christopher Nolan likes to give you a little head shake, like he did in Inception, which is the movie I enjoyed. So uh, that was good. And uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, I watched. I guess Us be the most recent thing. I'm not really watching other than Breaking Bad. I'm not watching a show right now just because there's so much sports uh when i'm not podcasting i'm out of work i'm pretty much watching sports and then i'm getting my three three and a half hours of sleep and then you know wash rinse repeat <laughs> hey hey we're just just like dogs you just got to do the same thing every day and that's how you make yourself a perfect animal yeah you know let's hope anyway uh but no uh, great podcast tonight buddy and we'll We'll be back at it again this week, but best of luck to your Celtics tonight and, uh, and to your, to your Canes. Yes. Yeah. Go Canes, go Canes and Rado. Uh, so yeah, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, enjoy the, uh, enjoy breaking bad. Like I said, next week's episodes are really good. So watch them and, and listen to us next Tuesday and enjoy all the uh, playoff action from around the world of sports. Uh, until next time, we'll talk soon.